hello and welcome to uh, On and Off the Pitch. This is an interview with, uh, we are joined today by uh, Martin Sinclair. Martin is a cerebral palsy football player who has represented England and Great Britain. He is also the uh, disability officer for Saints Ability. And he's also connected to a particular football club. Let me just get the name. And it's Wimborne Town, but we're going to find out more about that from him right now. Martin, how are you? Not too bad, mate. You, yourself? Yeah, I'm not too bad. You know, I'm not too bad. In these strange and difficult times, I'm okay. Um, it is weird, isn't it? It's, it is, it is weird with these situations. But you've got to stay positive. You have to got see to the um, yeah. light at the end of the tunnel. So, yes. yeah. You've caught me on a bad day. Normally, I kind of get my hair cut in time. So you, the, the, the Uncle Ben Gray is coming through. Fortunately, you can tell, look at mine. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm more, I'm more, trim, man. I'm more salt and pepper than, than, than it's not even a sprinkling. <laughs> you know, someone might ask me, is it snowing in my house? No, I've got, I've got, I'm getting a few greys at the moment. Oh, well, don't worry. When they come, they come. Oh, don't yeah. say that. <laughs> I'm, trying to pluck, I'm trying to pluck them out, but like they said it's the worst thing to do. Like too, too late, too late. It's been there, done that. So, look, Martin, I'll be honest with you, right? We spoke briefly before today. When I was um, seeking additional information or wanting to speak to individuals in the football world and yeah. you've got a story to tell, you know, Leon was kind enough to mention your name, looked at your Twitter profile, read it, and I thought, wow, you know, there was just reading it, I was like, I, I was unaware that there was like an England football team or GB football team for cerebral palsy, my ignorance was was there for me to see. Because just by reading, I was thinking, now I need to I need to hear from you. One, I don't even know where to start in terms of questions with regards to your condition, because I think yeah. that's a very personal thing and, and hopefully yeah. you will share that. Of course. But, but with the football, you know, for me and many others who, who don't have a disability in the sense that we see or, or probably acknowledge, we kind of look at sport in a very kind of blasé way, like it's for us to access and never really take on board the bigger picture because it's, it's sport is there for all. How did you get involved with football and from what age? So I was quite lucky um, because my brother was playing at Plymouth at the time and I knew Ian Holloway down there so um, he wanted me to do some football coaching in the summer and lucky enough I felt just went down there and they had a dis disability team but before that I was in a bad way just because uh, of my situation with my hip replacement and losing my mate so it was a perfect time for me to get out of my situation and look at it in something in a positive way and went down to Plymouth and found out there was a disability side down there and then um, went for a trial. Yeah. For when, a you trial. Say, when you say you just went for a trial, he's just like, oh, I found out. He's like, you, you walk past your local library. It's kind of very <laughs> matter of fact there, you say, but surely, was it that simple? No, because it wasn't enough uh, awareness or enough knowledge for disability football. So I didn't even know, I know I've got cerebral palsy, but I didn't know there was a disability side when I was, until I was 22. So I thought I was the only person with CP. But no one knows what a disability was or a cerebral palsy was back in there if they don't know what they're looking out for. So it's, it's like I said before on the phone, it's like driving, you know, when you go into the first, um, in the car for the very first time, you learn how to drive and all you see is in front of you. 
and after a while you go to do a few lessons and you're expanding your um, awareness of the card so you know how to use your blind spot you know three point turns exactly the same is diversity and inclusion your disability stuff when people find out about it people are quite surprised and took back and on how good it is and especially when everyone's got a certain reason why they play football it could be playing with your mates um, getting your confidence and self-belief and and if they if you want to aim higher you can you can and that was probably me. For me, you can't do anything without confidence and self-belief. So that was my first building block. Just have a smile back on my face. And when I went, when I went to the down to Plymouth, and that that was it. Just to get a smile back on my face, and then found out there was a England um, Selwood Halsey team. Yeah. Explain explain about that. I mean, when you say you found out, did they seek you out? Did you go? Did you go to like a training session with them? Did you have to speak to someone specifically? So basically, I went, I went down there to do some coaching with um, Ian Holloway and he, he put me um, in touch with Mark Rivers at the time and he got me to do some coaching in the community. And then um, there was uh, a guy called Graham Isles who'd done the disability programme down there. It's like a disability officer. And then, um, and then he goes, oh, so um, what, what level, what disability do you have? And I said, I've got cerebral palsy. He goes, oh, yeah, we train on a Friday. He goes, oh, you're more than welcome to come down. And then I went down on a Friday and then... Yeah, I went in and got playing and, and they offered me, well, they didn't offer me, but they invited me back uh, for a few matches and then played um, for a year. And then usually um, the disability team play um, a game at the end of the game for uh, Home Park against Liverpool, which they do every year. And then I was lucky enough to get picked. Um, I was fuming because I found out there was an England scout down there but they put me on the bench and I was I was fuming fuming and then um, someone got injured about 15 minutes um, into the first half and, and the manager told me to warm up and I was still fuming and then I went on there and scored two <laughs> so, 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 so. I'm not happy with you being being on the bench I was, no, yeah I was because I, I thought my chance was um, going to be gone because I thought I weren't going to get that chance again and then obviously someone got injured and the manager goes puts puts me on and then I scored two and I was happy days but I was overjoyed and obviously the scout didn't um, say anything until um, I got a letter through through the door and I was absolutely buzzing I didn't think that it was possible to play for England I didn't even though there was England sell or Wolsey team so when I went up there it was uh, my eyes opened up so I was like oh my god there's so many people just like me yeah, when you and what I mean you say your eyes opened up I mean you know for the first time you go into a setup like that where you've been asked to represent your country you probably thought that there was only going to be a small pool of people there how many people were actually there can you can you remember about 20 20 about 20 25 obviously I come from Bath and I was the only one with CP so Obviously, I looked at my disability in a positive way, in a negative way, and try and push myself and come out of my comfort zone. So me playing football when I was younger, about eight, seven, eight years old, um, playing against able-bodied people, it, it put, um, not a smile on my face, but it, it put in something that I can, uh, strength doesn't come from what you can do, is overcoming the things that you didn't think it was possible. So when I was able to play against able-bodied people when I was eight, nine years old, I could handle myself when I was playing for England so it was a good stepping stone 
Yeah, it's a very good stepping stone indeed. Now, you know, you says it says for England and GB. So I take it this is in the Olympics. Yeah, Paralympics. Yeah, Paralympics. Um, Paralympics. Do you want to share a little bit about that in terms of the process yeah, of yeah. going to, to play for Team GB and and actually being in an Olympics? It was an unbelievable experience, especially like um, my brother was in the Olympic team, so we made history. We were the first brothers in history to make it in the same sport for Olympics and Paralympics. Like 15 years ago, I didn't think that was possible, especially when I dislocated my hip when I was 15 and going down a slide and dislocated my hip. I was in and out of um, hospital for nearly eight years. Um, I've had 20 operations on my hip. I was in a wheelchair for three and a half years. So it's a massive gap for me trying to learn how to walk and then um, walking out of the Olympic stadium in front of 80,000 people screaming Team GB. And I lost my head, I must admit, what I, I did when I went out there. I was jumping on the crowd, trying to surf up there, and come, I, yeah, I lost my head. Yeah, <laughs> I was, but it was an unbelievable. That's why I say it was an unbelievable experience, and like, and share it with uh, my younger brother as well, who was an Olympic team, just made the family so proud. Right, so it's a sporting family then, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, my dad was uh, a semi-professional footballer when he was younger, but he probably didn't get the opportunities that we have today. So, but he's he's guided us. He's he's showed us the ropes, and you get what I mean. And Scott's Scott's proven himself that he he's made it um, professionally, and and I'm trying to do it. With, I've done it with England. So and Jake as well. He, he was doing it with um, Southampton and. So yeah, it's it's a very sporting family, like you said. It's a very, but you know, it's really, it's a really nice story that you told and an image that you said said you lost your head. You know, because some people are like trying to say, yeah, you know, I was thinking about the game, and but you just thought that just being at an Olympics, you truly did absorb the actual event itself. Yeah, everything. Yeah, well, I mean, I was had a smile on my face, running around. I was like a little boy in in a sweet shop, thinking I can spend ten p. Getting to to one p penny sweets for me when I went out there and I was like oh I thought I'd be relaxed you get what I mean but no no wasn't relaxed at all just running around like a little kid that's brilliant and and did you get obviously but you you see in the Olympics a lot of the those that go to the Olympics get the Olympic tattoo did you get no no I didn't get no 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 no, 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 I didn't. I thought you would have been, you know, on the on the forearm, on the wrist. It wouldn't look right. It wouldn't look right. No. Especially now, like I was going to put on my you know, on my CP hand, but it just looked too like too fat on my skinny um, wrist and my arm. <laughs> oh, nah, it's not for me, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, next maybe next time. Yeah, maybe next time. Maybe next time. Um, with the whole kind of playing for England and Team Gene B, I mean, have you stepped away from that now officially as a player? Yeah, so I've retired. I've um, seen the younger generation running um, circles around me. So I thought, yeah, it's time to have my boots up, man. You get what I mean? So I thought, I can't be doing this. And I was training three times a day as well. So I was getting up at five o'clock, training, and then going to work, and then training at lunch time, and then training in the evening after work and it was it was taking its toll because I've got a you know I had a young family at the time it was it was 
it was harder, getting harder and harder, especially as I was getting older as well. Try, I've, I've had two hip replacements, and obviously I have to look after myself as well. So I don't really, didn't really want to. And I knew my time was finishing because I, I was on the bed, just helping the younger generation as well. And and I don't want to um, be around there for too long, and you not waste my time. But there'll be younger people um, have trying wanting that experience as well to be on that bench, and I didn't want to be uh, a spare tire. Yeah, you, you, you know, when we began talking, you said, you know, you got into it because you went down to Plymouth and you were doing some coaching. Was the, I mean, one, was there the option, but two, did you ever have the desire to kind of stick with England or, or Team GB and be a coach and, and actually play a role in that way? Or was that so, not something yeah, you so, considered? Yeah, yeah, I, I don't, didn't really see myself as a coach. So um, I wanted to do like some player mentors, kind of thing down that road um, I'm also an FA role model for the uh, um, talent pathway so I do motivational speaking and stuff like that and helping the younger generation to try because I find not many people with disabilities are in in work and when you f get people into work you'll see more people saying I that I can do this I can do that because there's not many people in in those sectors yeah with that awareness, with awareness, thinking I can do this. Yeah, what well, I mean, not many people with disability who's in football uh, in in the pathway know about know about it. So you get do you, do you get what I mean? So people yeah. who are role models in that pathway, they can look up to. Yeah. So when I was doing something at Saints with um, helping the football, but it wasn't just the football; it was looking after their personal development. So trying to get them. Uh, things into work and then it could help the younger generation and say if he can do it I can do it and having that mentality yeah because when I was younger there was no one around so I, there was no one to look up to who like especially mixed race and having a discipline there's no one look, looking up to the only role model I had was my old man but there's only certain things that he can push because he didn't really understand what I was going through as a as a disability person or a disability man so looking up to something, thinking that, you know, if he can do it, I can do it. But I didn't have that. But I had positive parents who always pushed me, trying to get me out of that comfort zone to get that resilience, get that strength. But nowadays you need you need role models to look up to, because if you don't have those role models, people, you know, especially with mental health kicking in as well as that mentality is saying, oh, there's no one like me. Why should I do it? If Because like you said, like I say, everyone wants to be the second, but no one wants to be the first to get out of that comfort zone. Yeah, it's it's very difficult, really. You're thinking about, you see, you didn't have the role model. And I, I suppose that's not to say that there weren't individuals who, who didn't have cerebral palsy, but obviously the route that you took may not have been there for them. Now that you've gone down that path and you know, you've left your footprints in the sand for someone to follow, it's much easier for you now, I guess, to kind of talk about the things that you didn't have when you were coming up. Oh, definitely. Models. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Like when I was younger, I got um, kicked out of football teams just because I, I had a disability um, and I was on the same level as a. Um, I got kicked out. I got, I'll tell you a story. I got kicked out of one football team and... Um, 
my mum and dad goes goes up to the manager goes, oh, why why are you not playing my son? He goes, oh, because he's disabled. So my mum left. My mum goes, okay, then that's fine. So she goes, you're going to get people like that, narrow-minded people who just look at you in a negative way than yeah. in a positive way. But it's for you to put a smile on your face and, say, and look at it as a positive. So I went to another team. And this guy was unbelievable. Um, he opened up with open arms and he let me in. He accepted me for who I was. Uh, and then I was training, I was playing football. And then I played my first football team. I played my first game against the team that kicked me out in the first place. And I scored a hat-trick. But that excitement was short-lived because um, I got reported to the local FA. Because I, um, cause I had, someone said to me, someone said, you're not there was a disabled player in the league and I don't want him playing. So I got banned for two months. I'm, I'm you know, I'm pausing because I, it's not because I can't hear you. It's because I did hear what you said and I cannot believe what you just said. So yeah, I got banned for two months and then I was crying my eyes out because football should be for everyone. Like I said before, it should be, it doesn't matter what level you're at. It gives you the enjoyment, a smile on your face. It, meets new people because you so you know socially um awareness with getting new meeting new people it helps you with your confidence and your self-belief and if if you're good enough you'll get spotted and you'll go into you know the elite squads and um and um center ex excellence so there is pathways for everyone so it, it, for me it was just to put a smile on my face and just enjoy myself be like any other person you get what i mean and they took that away when i uh, you know took went past that white line yeah, you know, I, I, I'm baffled by what you just said. I have to be honest, and I can only think that it demonstrates one, the ignorance, but the, the unwillingness to kind of grow from the individual who banned you or, you know, put in a, put in a complaint that, they, that of, because of your disability. And I would like to think that things have changed. You know, yeah, slowly, yeah. slowly and surely, you get what I mean. There is, you get what I mean. But we can all talk about things. It could be anything: racism, disability, women's game as well. But if you, it's rather you watching it. That could change people's opinions. You get what I mean. And stories like this podcast, like like yourselves, is um, sharing my story as well and listening to it. It, it. it makes people aware of it. You get what I mean. Like 10, 15 years ago. There was nothing in place for that yet, what I mean. So yeah. now you're seeing more people uh, doing podcasts with doing like, you know, inclusion and d diversity and stuff like that. Racism, you get what I mean? Everything. And it's gradually, gradually not changing, changing, but slowly. It's like, a, it's, it's like, yeah. but you, you, like I said, you know, for example, you see my nan's generation and my dad's generation, they didn't probably have those opportunities that, we have like my generation has, yeah. and then obviously my sons and daughters are going to probably it'll be different again, fifteen mm. years down the line. So slowly it's it, it's getting that. Yeah, I think to be honest, your your kind of exclusion, you know, considering we're, I'm talking to you during, so that people understand this is like Black History Month. I'm talking to someone who I was unaware of in terms of your condition, unaware of in terms of the 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 the, the the area of sport that you filled in terms of cerebral palsy football, because for like my own ignorance is like, well, there's a cerebral palsy football team, didn't even think of it. And that's just me. And I would like to think that I am kind of, you know, 
not Mr. Diversity Inclusion, but I'm, I'm trying to do my bit to raise awareness. But even I have my own levels of, of ignorance that I'm thinking, didn't even think of that. Didn't even yeah, think of that. Yeah, but I think if you haven't got, if you haven't had that knowledge and that awareness, if, if it's not on TV, if it's not, you know, in books, you're not, you're not looking for it, you're not going to look for it, are you? So... No, do you know, <laughs> yes and no. Yes and no. I, you know, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm doing my level best not to let myself off the hook because I think it would be easy to go. Oh yeah, I didn't know. But at the same time, you know, it, it's very easy for for individuals to only to to consider any kind of natural thinking be just to the the extremities of their own jacket. Beyond that, it's like, oh well, I don't know about it, so it doesn't really matter. And because I love football so much, I like. I love it. I will watch it. Just. It, any time of the day I will watch it, that I hadn't even considered, you know, and I would sit down and watch Paralympic games and not even register, you know, that there are other sports that I haven't looked at because primarily when I've watched those events, it's the swimming, it's the running. Yeah. They, pr they pr primarily push on television. So I didn't even consider the football. So I'm really glad that I've been able to kind of talk to you and find out a little bit more. But also, I'm, I'm sad at the time, the kind of the journey that you've had to go through and some of the things that have been said to you, because if you were able to play football with able-bodied individuals, I don't get how someone can actually complain about yeah. your disability that you live with. But people are scared of different. So if you see people um, do the same as your son and daughter, People look at it in a, in a different way, say, oh, he must have a, he's got a disability, but he's keeping up. The people are scared. You get what I mean? People jump out. And, nah, that's that's probably why I got reported. And, and the thing is, like, I, I always look at, it, look at it in a positive. I can't moan about the situation because there's someone else worse off than me. So of, of course. me having a disability has made me the person I am today. So without my disability, I wouldn't be doing the things that I'm doing. So that's how I look at it. And people will say, oh, you're, you're, uh, are you jealous of Scott? No, I'm not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's doing his own thing. I'm doing my own thing. His, that's his, he's his own individual. I'm my own individual. You get what I mean? So he's living his life. I'm living my life the best I can. And and the thing is, is being happy. I am the most happiest person I am at the moment. And that's yeah, what I, it brings. You get what I mean? I would actually probably not speaking for Scott because that would be wrong. But I'm sure that he's extremely proud of you because you are just doing your thing in terms of you're just getting on. Yeah, yeah. but he, like, if he has a bad game, you can't um, ring me up saying I've had a bad game. Like, Come on, boy, you get what I mean? Do you want to do you want to live sit in a wheelchair for a bit? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <So, laughs> then you'll know. But that's probably and that's probably where he's probably got his ground because he's he's seen me going through. Yeah so much as well and we bounce off each other you get what I mean like he may play football but I've had more caps for England than him so it's <laughs> it's it, we've got we've got that we've got that bro, like brother banter kind of thing and, and that's why it's all about really to be honest <laughs> that's the Christmas banter you know when someone goes oh so and so and you just go do you want to see my caps <laughs> yeah just lay it on the table <laughs> and walk off let's walk <laughs> <laughs> oh but my I, gosh but I can't you get what I mean the family has been so um, positive without them I wouldn't be where I'm um, sitting today so it's a privilege for you know my mum and dad and it's, especially when 
in that era as well when, you know, they didn't, especially uh, mum and dad, because my mum's white as well in that, in that era as well. And then she's at, then she's had a disabled son. Even the doctors around, um, turned around to um, my par parents when I was born to say, oh, this kid is going to be double disadvantaged. Not only he's got a disability, but he's black also. So, the bedside manner. Yeah, that's what I mean. But that's what the language was used back in the 80, like seventeen eighties. You get what I mean? That's what my mum said. And my dad said that's the wow. language they've used around that. Yo, he's he's crippled, he's deformed, and he's an abnormal baby. But like my mum turned around and said, "What is normal? How's a normal person walk? How's a normal person run?" So they were quite strong individual mum and dad yeah what I mean and and that's why I've got such um, strength and resi resilience around me so yeah that's really you know what I'm 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 so glad to hear obviously like I say I'm speaking to you during Black History Month all very relevant all kind of slightly raw in terms of what what some people have experienced but you know you say you, you grew up at a particular time and the, the language that your your mom and dad had to face with regards to the the news that they were given by health professionals wouldn't have been wouldn't have been great. But no, like you say, you're a credit to yourself, and you have more caps than your brother. So, hey, win win situation. Eh? Win win win. win. Um, <laughs> I want to ask you about the um, the Saints' ability that you're the develop, development officer there. Is that still? Yeah, not yeah, not anymore. But I, well, yeah, I've, I've yeah, I've, I've left that just because it was. It was getting too much for, for the family. I was um, working from eight till five or eight till half five and then coming home and then having sake to eat and then um, planning for the next day. And I was mm. getting stressed. Yeah, well, I mean, worried. And, and sometimes as you get older, you rather do a less stressful job than a stressful job. Well, I, I, you know what? My nephew, who's only seven, he just says um, when he's older, he wants to work less hours for more money. And I thought for a seven-year-old, it's quite smart. Yeah, that is um, very smart. You know, um, I didn't know that at seven, so it, it's, no. taken me a, <laughs> it's taken me a long time <laughs> to get to that thinking. But at seven, he's already saying uh, less hours, more money. So, um, okay. That, so, so and as well, I, as well, Rod, I didn't really see it as a job. So no. I would do above and beyond, which to help that disability programme before, you know, before um, I came in, there was nothing in place for, um, disabled or disability players to play elite disability football. Mm. So I set up two programmes, um, one for the talent up for seven to 16 year olds, cerebral palsy, partially sighted and hearing impairment to go on to that England pathway. But it was also looking after their personal development, trying to get a, them a sports leaders award and stuff like that to grow their confidence and give people uh, the belief that they can do things if they, do, if, if they don't want to do football. Yeah. And giving that, that confidence. And with the adult programme, exactly the same, but with learning disabilities as well, um, to represent the Saints Foundation in, like, you know, regional, national and international tournaments. But plus, um, every player had to sign up to be a Saints Foundation volunteer and give something back into the um, local community. And then they will act as role models because sometimes you can't, alone we can do so little but together we can do so much and that yeah. that was that's what, what what I wanted to try and bring to the um the foundation um and like I said I was working all hours above the sun and I loved it I'm not gonna 
lied to you. I absolutely loved it, but I think it was just the wrong time, especially, you know, three kids and uh, a wife. And it was, it was taking its toll because I was coming home and worrying about the next day and doing the next day. I was working weekends as well. And, and then I was away for football because I was still at football at the time. And it was something I had to give, and that was what it was. Yeah, but I'm still, yeah. I'm still getting involved. I'm still, still involved with the um, England pathway. But obviously, with the situation with COVID, uh, there's not much at the moment, and they don't know what the situation is going to be in the next few months. So, it's just on hold. Yeah, you know, I totally understand. You know, the work-life balance. Um, I mean, obviously. Uh, developing a programme, running a programme, playing the programme, family, wife, and then the stresses of, of, you say, working the weekends as well and doing, playing, still being involved in football, it's a lot. There are only so many hours that you can you can do the things yeah. that you need to do in and then still be, well, I take it, kind of fresh for the job. Yeah, um, that's what, yeah, because I was, that's why I was training three times a day. So I was working, uh, training, then going to work and then obviously trying to, help the um, disability programme and then obviously um, training again at lunch and then at, at night. And obviously I only could do that for so much long and yeah, that's what it took. So um, I have to just take a step back, but I, I can pick and choose what I want to do now. So hopefully down Wimborne, I can do something different um, with that disability programme and try and promote that as well in the next year or so. So there's always something as well, so, but I can pick and choose what I want to do. Yeah, so you know, kind of a nice little move on, really. You segue into Wimborne because it on your profile, or not one of the tweets that you mentioned is that you're there now, um, Wimborne Town FC as a scout. Um, yeah, how, how did that come about, and and what do you do as a scout? So, so basically, um, one of my best mates, uh, Mark Gamble, um, is assistant manager down there. And um, I know the manager as well, James Stogie as well. And they um, invited me down there to um, talk about the role and stuff like that. It's not it's not full time. It's, it's just um, looking at opposition and players as well. And then my first challenge was to get um, my younger brother, Jake, out of retirement to play football again. And yeah, he's, he's, he's back playing. I like that. Your first task was to kind of swindle your brother out of his sofa, get, <laughs> get his boots back on. Yeah, he just he just fell out of love with the game and like people do at, at that age. And, and he's got a young family himself. He's got a girlfriend and a little one, Willow, Willow. And he just fell out of love with it. And then this was probably the perfect, perfect timing because... Uh, They've got, it was new, fresh, new management. I knew him and Jake just wanted to be, have a smile back on his face. You get what I mean? And he's, he's playing, he's got a smile on his face. He's enjoying it. So that's that's the main thing. You get what I mean? And then whatever will be, will be um, in the future. Yeah. So what do you do for in terms of, in terms of your scouting? Do you go to games? Are you trawling YouTube clips or... Facebook so, streams. Yeah. Or, so or I, I go to games depending on what, what they want me to look for. So I went and looked um, at Melchion Town before um, the FA Cup, before them to get like a, a nice report on them, but and then hand it back to the management staff and they can go through it and stuff. And then, yeah, just pick, they pick and choose the games what I want to be choosing. I'm always near enough at the um, home games as well. 
looking at players as well for next season. Mm. We're going into a, a brand new stadium and hopefully it, um, hopefully it'll be ready by November. So that that'd be nice for everyone to be um, associated with Warmbourne. But it's a nice family club. Yeah. I went in there and it was so friendly. Everyone's got their smile on their face. They've got the boat, you get what I mean? So it was a right setting for me to um, look at things with um, scouting as well. So it was it was quite nice. It's quite nice. Uh, and, uh, and um, you know, you, you've got no inclination to do anything other than just be part of the scouting or are you going to do coaching or... Is 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 this is there scope for the role to grow at the club or is it specifically? No, no so the scouting. Hopefully, um, next year or this year we can do something with the disability program and slowly and surely that it can grow by next year and and hopefully be a, a, a you know pathway for younger people with disabilities to go on to England or be role models for the local community in in Wimborne. Yeah, that's really good. That's really, I mean, you know, you, you you have created a really nice kind of career within football. Um, England, Team GB, uh, Sensibility, Wimborne, the scouting, still being able to go and and watch games and, and write up on uh, reports on them. You know, that's quite a good kind of like showreel of, 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 of things to, to kind of be proud of, but also to kind of fall back on if you want to go back towards the, the kind of England and Team GB route. And, um, uh, you know, for me, because I've mentioned to you before, before we kind of did this conversation, I said, I want to go, now I want to go and watch uh, a, a game and and see what I didn't see before. Because I'm talking to you, obviously, um, reading stuff online, but then I think about what I saw in terms of news reports maybe a month ago, you know, Paralympians complaining about not getting enough press, not getting enough um, profile in the media. No one's really talking about the sport because the Olympics have been postponed. And I'm thinking, well, there's, there's, there, there is sport out there that I need to tap into and, and, and find out and learn about. So how do I, and someone who, doesn't know anything about cerebral palsy football, who wants to go along or wants to support um, a team? Where, where do they go and what do they do? So you can um, email or go onto your local um, community um, council. So they've got like a disability officer for the, depending on what where you live in, in your area. Mm. Or if you want to um, go and look at the you can go on the FA and get in contact with Jeff Davis. Um, his emails on the FA website, and he's the head of um, all the disability squads, a performance director. So he's massive. He was massive for me when I was when I just was taking part, and we're still friends now. So I owe it to him as well to um, give me that chance, um, give me that opportunity to play for England and go around the country and represent uh, England. So yeah, if you if if you're interested in um, CP football, any disability football you contact um the fa and get in contact with jeff davis and they will they will um he will get in con contact with you also though yeah your local um football clubs as well they probably do a disability um program and, and there'll be a disability officer from in in your local area mm. it, it you know it's it's it sounds very simple 
It yeah, sounds very no, simple. It, no, I mean it, it does, it, but it, the thing is, if you like, I said, like you said, if 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 you don't know what you're looking for, you you won't you won't look for it. But if you're, for example, if it's the names in it, it's the people more people you talk to, more people more more people will be aware of disability football. Yeah, yeah, so, I, I, it's it's. You kind of, it's really strange for me. And I say it's my own ignorance, really. It's uh, that I'm asking this question and thinking, but you've just told me something that is quite basic common sense that I should know. But it's the inclination to go and find out this beyond the comfort zone that most people have because they're wrapped up in whether it's Premier League football or Championship football or women's football or football in another country, that there are other individuals who enjoy playing football and the reason why I'm, I'm saying this to you now is because I've heard much more talked about walking football than yeah. I've heard talked about cerebral do you, do you understand what I'm thinking yeah about? I know what you said you know you, you could talk about walking football because it's beyond a certain age bracket but what about those who are beyond below that age bracket but still like playing football what where's the the push where's the actual advertisement and the drive to let people know about these things because if I'm having to ask you then there's, for me, I'm thinking there's not been enough done that I have to ask. Because, you know, as you said earlier, there's a lot of talk about diversity and inclusion. Yeah, that, you, you, you're 100% right in that. And that's probably where um, the me media should get involved with um, in more more stuff. I've, you know, there's an England disability team out there like Blind and um, Deaf at CP. Why are we not on TV? Well, a, or Sky Sport, you get what I mean? But usually people, the media probably want to jump on the bandwagon when the Paralympics is on. Once, probably once uh, every four years, two months, three months before, get everyone's story. And then it'll be afterwards as well, three, four months afterwards. And it's exactly the same with racism as well, you know, everything, you know, Black History Month, they want to do their part in um, show racism, the red card, everyone wants to do their bit, but it's every single day for me, mm. you know what I mean, be a mixed race, <laughs> having yeah. a disability, is that the same with you, Rod? It's, it's every single day, it's not just one day. Black yeah. History Month is not for one month, for everybody, you get what I mean? Yeah. Disability awareness is not just for one day for many people, and, and that's why people need local media need to get on not on the bandwagon but just just show their local support that there is opportunities out there for disability people it doesn't matter what industry you're in media um sports acting what if someone wants to be an actor but he's got he's got a disability how many disability actors out there are out there yeah. well it probably is but there's not but there's not enough awareness of it yeah so the media need to need to um, get on board and show and break those barriers that there is opportunities out there for people, and then you'll get people who will give the. You need those people who can give those opportunities out as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I didn't want to point the finger at, at media or anything like that, but I'm just saying, you know, I asked the question, you you gave me the answer. But then I kind of like thought, well, if it's that simple, then I, I think about, obviously, as I've mentioned, the walking football, it's advertised, you know? I've heard it on radio, I've seen it on TV, I've seen adverts. 
you know and I just I just thought to myself well we're, we're talking right now in this year where everyone's it's kind of almost like a cultural reset in terms of values yeah who needs to be heard who needs but to be included definitely where do we begin but what what we've witnessed primarily is that there have been discussions that which have kind of been in a particular direction for a period of time which will then go back in a particular direction but inclusion is about making sure that everyone is okay yeah you know and hundred uh, percent you know and, like ever like all the football clubs are doing their bit you see everton um yeah their disability um team done done advertisement for their third kit and it was on yeah. their on Brighton's got um, their disability yeah. team on the stadium. So yeah. more people knowing there's opportunities out there for disability people and yeah. getting on that man, there'd be doors opening up for everyone. Right. And, and, then you'll get, and then you'll get people, so many role models looking up to, and then you'll get the generation saying, if I, and then that mentality comes, oh, he can do it, I can do it. Yeah. But there's not, if you're not going to see it, it's so funny that you mention about the advertisement on, st on stadiums, you know, and I think very rarely will you see a major corporation use someone with a disability to advertise their brand or their kit. So, you know, for clubs that do it, brilliant. And I, I, you know, I think well done to them. But, um, you know, it, it, it kind of demonstrates, I think, for me, just posing the question, the difficulties that you would have had that I, in my ignorance, would have been unaware of. And I take that me, I'm, I'm just an average individual. So if I'm unaware and ignorant, then I I'm, don't want to kind of paint everyone with the same brush, but I'm thinking, well, if I haven't had a conversation with anyone about cerebral palsy football. So obviously yeah. I'm thinking that they definitely haven't said, oh, but did you watch, I'm going to watch this football. Are you, are you interested or have you seen? So there is a, there is a conversation and, and to be had beyond the one we're having today, but also just to be, you know, be open-minded. It's definitely open-minded, yeah, but I mean, there's, I believe everyone's got a disability, everyone's got a weakness, yeah, but I mean, maybe mine, you can, mine's seeable, you can see mine, yeah. but some of them are hidden, yeah, but I mean, everyone's struggling, life, life is, life is, um, the harder, hardest exam in the world. Do you get what I mean? And people, never people ending. Battling, yeah, ne it's never ending, like you said, never ending. And life is um, a battle. Do you get what I mean? There's, and it's n everyone's different. Everyone's, you know, everyone's tackling a different story in their lives. And maybe, you know, I'm in a, in a retail business now where everyone walks out. You don't know what they've been through they're going through you get what I mean so yeah. people saying hello and getting those opportunities you get what I mean so it's it's for everyone it's for everyone you know Martin I'm sure we could talk for a long time yeah <laughs> but I want to I want to ask you before we kind of go you know what what do where do you see yourself in a year with regards to one Wimborne but two generally in in in, with your connection to football beyond that I'm, I'm kind of really there's a there's a bit in my head that thinks I wonder if you'll go back and do more coaching with England I wonder I, I, I there's a bit I don't know why I'm thinking that but I can't I, I can't predict the future yeah so I'm just taking every day as it comes you know it's just I just want to be happy at the moment yeah what I mean and 
anything um, comes will it will go my way and and for me yeah I'm I'm still the door's not closed for England um, the door's always open because you don't know what's out there you don't know what's around the corner you know I always believe you know uh, everything happens for a reason so. Mm. I'm always up for anything. And if it's helping the younger, you know, the younger generation, if it's mental health, you know, I've, I've gone through um, mental health as well. You know, um, I lost my mate going to um, jump in, uh, jumping off a cliff and I was there and I hopped off the edge and I couldn't save him. You know, my mental health took um, a turn for the worse when I was, um, drinking every single day, I was on drugs, and that's and that was the perfect moment when um, Ian Holloway gave me a lifeline, and that probably saved my life down Plymouth. So mental health as well is it's a big thing now. So it's it's helping everyone who can put a smile on their face and just be happy. So with me, with Wimborne, yeah, I'm still learning. I love learning. Um, I'm not um, the finished article, so. For me, doing things at Wimborne, hopefully we can do some stuff, um, get in the playoffs this year or, you know, get up uh, and then follow on to next year with the England pathway. No one no one knows what, what's going to happen with COVID, especially with this situa- situation with COVID. So, yeah, Rod, Rod I'm, I'm open for anything. You get what I mean? <laughs> I, I think you should be part of the, the FA. I, I believe they need... Um, more inclusive thoughts and voices. And uh, I think from, from, from my point of view, you tick all the boxes, but that's one, whether you want to, and two, whether they're listening or open to, to anything such as that. But it, it, it takes for someone to be inclusive, to have walked many different paths, and you've walked a number of paths, uh, but, but been very positive very yeah, positive. Oh, yeah, I, I'm very positive. Like, like I said before, like I can't moan about the situation because there's someone else off, worse off than me. You get what I mean. So I always look at it in a positive way, and I'm, I'm, I'm an opportunist. So if something comes up with the FA, that's you know I would love to. You get what I mean, and share my opinions and advice because I, I believe the disability stuff is like the women's game 15, 20 years ago. Wow. Okay. Well. Um, like there's nothing there's nothing like with the women's game there's not there was nothing in place was there really 15 20 years ago no one knew um anything about women's football and look where it is today yeah yeah well that's that's if that is the case as you paint the picture then there's a lot of work to be done definitely definitely um martin i'm going to say thank you for sharing um your thoughts and your time with with me and us it's been good always a pleasure never a chore Never a chore. Listen, I want to catch up with you again at some point in the future. Is that okay? Yeah, of course. Don't, yeah, don't be a stranger. You've got my number. You've got, you've got me on um, social media, and I'm not. You get what I mean? If I need any questions of you, so I'll, I'm always, I'll give you a bell. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you very much. Well, uh, thank you guys for listening. This was an interview with uh, Martin Sinclair. He's been kind enough to share his story and his thoughts, and his time. Uh, and that's it for now. We'll see you very soon. Bye for now.